0: You're listening to a Mint podcast, brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, this is Shovik, and welcome to the Mint TechCetera podcast. I cover technology for Mint where we try to make boring tech sound cool for you and hope that we don't end up making cool tech sound boring. Tune in as we decode the latest from the world of technology in India and around the world every week. when we generally think of hosting people in our podcast, we look at people who've made a difference. We've look at people who've made a difference in the world of technology and uh, one of the brands, when you think about some of the most popular brands in India who are more recognizable, one of the names that obviously comes up in the conversation is Xiaomi. And uh, the reason why Xiaomi has become so ingrained in our fabric is because in the overall smartphone industry, when Xiaomi came into the market, they kind of Redid the way we looked at phones uh, across a wide range of uh, you know prices or you know types of phones, and uh, then they kind of graduated beyond phones to multiple other segments. Our guest today is the person who heads Xiaomi in India. I am very pleased to have Murli. Uh, Murli, welcome to our podcast TechCetera, and it's great to have you here. Thanks for taking time out from your schedule here in Delhi. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to get the conversation started with... By just asking you this question that... Uh, in fact, just before this, when we were speaking, you mentioned about how... You know, you're at an airport and the Xiaomi ringtone rings... And that entire experience of having people use products of your brand... And having made that difference. When you... And, and you've been a top executive for a while now. it's It's been throughout your career. When you, when you look at... When you wake up in the morning... Nowadays, when you uh, at this stage in your career, when you wake up in the morning, what is it about your job that excites you or motivates you, and you think that okay, you know, I'm doing something that's cool and not just a job? Yeah.
1: Firstly, thanks, thanks, Shovik, uh, for having me on TechCetera. I just love the name thanks. because it makes it so inclusive, I've taken pretty much yes. everything else. Uh, so awesome name. Um, Thank you. Uh, but coming to your question, um, every time I wake up in the morning uh, and I'm heading to work. What is it that I think about? What drives me? What motivates me? Um, I'll tell you, There are. I've worked with a whole bunch of companies in, in my career. Right. And everybody has like a certain purpose, a vision, etc., etc. But there is something about Xiaomi's purpose, mm-hmm. uh, which perhaps I strongly resonate with right right we truly believe in democratizing technology mm-hmm. like very very strong terms right we're talking about democratizing right right and that's a very very powerful notion and we're saying because we want to deliver innovation for everyone right make make quality innovation accessible to masses and if you look at the arc of our story in India, not just in India, but across the globe, right, time and again, we have tried to keep up that promise to consumers, right? Saying, look, of course, you've, you've, you have the expensive phones, you have the expensive televisions. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But it's just that it excludes a large part of our society from accessing the latest and greatest, right? Which is perhaps what we set out to change mm-hmm. when we enter India in 2014. Uh, Now, I don't want to sound like a messiah, etc., etc., but uh, the net outcome is that uh, till date, uh, 200 million devices, 20 crores if I get the conversion right, devices we have shipped in India till date, Mm -hmm. right? And all of these people have had access to some amazing technology Mm -hmm. with fantastic specs, with the highest quality and priced honestly, Mm-hmm. right um, I't I, look I'm saying pricing honestly, right I didn't say cheap, I didn't say value, I didn't say economy. I didn't use any of those euphemisms. right and like Imandarika pricing and, and that's what we believe in mm-hmm. right juice efficiency out sort of your entire value chain from sourcing, manufacturing, distribution, marketing, and pass on that benefit to consumers. Mm-hmm. and which is why I think consumers love us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get fantastic value. Uh, a phone that lasts for a really long time, mm-hmm. uh, and then a phone that works well with the rest of the ecosystem. So somebody starts with a phone, gets a power bank, gets an earphone, gets a smartwatch, gets a cele- television, uh, gets a gets a smart security camera, and then it keeps going on and on. Um, and to see the kind of impact this has on millions of people, right? That is what is inspirational. That's why I love my job.
0: That's uh, that's very interesting that you uh, mentioned this, and in fact. I think this is one of the things that I, of course, wanted to hear from you. That, you know, when we look at technology, when you look at consumer technology and the way it's evolved over the years, of course, there was the first phase, I would say, when smartphones became mainstream. There was that excitement that, okay, I'm using a touch screen phone and, you know, there are these super interactive games and, like, the whole gamut of apps that are available and so on and so forth. Then, of course, came the wearables and then TVs became smart and all of that we've seen. And there was a phase in the overall economy where everyone was so excited about technology, about getting access to a new piece of technology. We've now come to a point where, you know, a massive section of our population today has access to it already. They've used a smartphone in some ways or the other. Um, do you think that excitement in the among consumers still remains um, from both? Actually, we'll we'll start with this. Do you think Do you think among the consumers that excitement still remains? Let me come
1: come at this from a completely different dimension. Okay, right. Um, so there's this theory called uh, diffusion of innovation. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of mm-hmm. that, right? Um, by uh, by Everett Rogers, and it says every piece of innovation, every piece of technology doesn't become mass overnight mm-hmm. it goes through certain stages of adoption mm-hmm. and there are specific user groups who have a specific attitude towards innovation technology who adopt it over a period of time mm-hmm. so first you have let's say the uh, the innovators mm-hmm. uh, the early adopters the early majority the late majority mainstream and then the late adopters and so on and so forth which gives you the classic S-curve right and this has just been proven time and again across different pieces of technology mm-hmm. Today, if you were to take the smartphone, Mm -hmm. right, it is still very much on the growth path. It's come nowhere close to plateauing. Okay. Right. But today, let's say seven, eight years ago, an individual Mm -hmm. perhaps had a smartphone. A smaller percentage of them might have had a wired earphone. Right. And some percentage had a power bank. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's broadly the scope of technology that an individual carried. Mm Right. Right. Fast forward to today, right? An individual, that same individual, right? Has one, maybe two smartphones, right? Right. Has got maybe a, a wireless TWS device, has got a smart watch, probably has a smart television at home and has got a few other IoT devices at home, mm-hmm. all of them linked to the smartphone. Therefore, the sheer number of devices that one consumer has, has expanded many fold. Mm-hmm. And if you peel this onion even further, mm-hmm. right, um your basic question was is technology exciting mm-hmm. anymore? Right. Um the, there is excitement in multiple dimensions. And let me try and and I'm making this on the fly, so mm-hmm. let, let's see, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, try yeah, and absolutely. build this where innovation is happening. Right. There is innovation in the core technology, right? Uh in order to pack all the computing power into a chipset. Now, chipsets mm-hmm. are becoming smaller. Right. Right. Uh, the 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 distance of the gate or the nanometer technology that they talk about, you know, from 10, 12 is now come to 7, 6, even 3, 4 nanometers. Right. Right. Now, why does that matter? That matters because you can deliver greater performance with better thermal efficiency in a smaller fan factor, packing a few more million transistors into the same. Right. Half an inch, one inch, one square in space. Right. Right. There is obviously amazing innovation happening purely on the chipset side. Mm-hmm. There, There is AI getting incorporated into the chipsets. Mm-hmm. Right. There is huge graphic processing capability that is getting incorporated into the chipsets. Mm-hmm. And all of this is happening under the hood as consumers. Perhaps we don't realize how much magic is happening there. Right. Right. So that's one part. Second is just innovation in devices. Ten years ago, would we have imagined that you can you can access I don't know content streaming content in a television sitting at your home and have access to the latest releases perhaps right. on the same day of release right I mean I would consider this partly you know the benefit of magic that mm-hmm. technology is, is enabling and the way a smartwatch today has become such an integral part of our lives, you check notifications, you're checking your fitness, etc., right. etc., et all of that in your smartwatch, this form factor, this device did not exist right. about 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years ago in a small way, like maybe a Garmin made some, Fitbit made some, right. but today it is so mainstream, right. right? That amazes me, right? But that's on the device. Third, there is use case innovation. Right. Did you imagine that you can walk out of your home with just your smartphone and nothing else, including your wallet. Right.
0: right? Absolutely. And
1: today I can pay using UPI. There is tap and pay. I can link my credit card to some of these apps. I can tap on a point of sale device. Right. Uh, people watch cricket matches live on their phones. The phone is pretty much everything that I ever need. Right. Right? And there is just so much innovation from a use case side. And then there is use case on the business model. There is business model innovation happening. 10-15 mm-hmm. right? years ago, did you imagine you would step out of your home, click a button and a cab would come? Right. You would sit at your home, you would look at the menu, order and food will come in 20 minutes. Did you imagine such things would happen? So there is amazing business model innovation that's right. happening. And all of this is... So, technology is not just cutting at stuff. Mm -hmm. It is the way you put core technology, devices, use cases, and business model together. Right. And that is what's transformative about technology. And we're still very much in the early days. God knows the ways in which AI and robotics is going to change the game all over again. Right. And I continue to be super excited about the way this is going to head. Right.
0: So, do you think this entire idea I mean a few months through this year of course um, you know some of the aspects of the overall business and the market has been um, you know some people have spoken about how there's a sort of downturn of demand and so on do you think there's to an extent there's a dissonance with do you think there's too much technology There's some, like sometimes I feel for instance I have a smartwatch and a tablet and a laptop sometimes you know when a call comes all the three show me that phone call including my phone And I'm like, okay, you know, this is just a nervous overload of, you know, notifications. Do you think there is, do you in fact, uh, given that you helm this company, do you sometimes feel that there's too many notifications and too many apps and too many devices at times? Um, too many devices, perhaps not. Uh, too many apps,
1: too many notifications. Yes, but you have the power to control all of that, hmm. right? Um, one needs to make it easier for the consumer to turn off such notifications or choose where you need these notifications and choose where you don't. Because when you're deep at work, the last thing you need is a distraction of a notification. Because it's just so it's seductive to go check right. what that notification Absolutely. is, Absolutely. and that's what gets you away from deep work. And I surely. Uh, Agree with that point saying perhaps there needs to be better control but it's also about the way you want to use technology right Mm -hmm. as long as you're clear on what your guardrails are Mm -hmm. right Um, and today um, I'm I'm sure iOS has it but definitely Android has it It's called I think digital well-being where you can track how much time you're spending on on the device and even after maybe 10pm or something you can change it to grayscale so that switch it off yeah you you can turn off notifications at a certain point of time there's just various features already available Right. Perhaps there needs to be better consumer education right. in um, in in using this uh, such features. But uh, with confidence, I can say that a vast majority is only benefiting mm-hmm. from all of these pieces of uh, technology and devices that we have, and the innovation that enables all of this to happen. It's only helping make humans and mankind better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is my super strong point of view.
0: Right. So how many how many devices do you use on a regular basis? Oh my goodness. Uh,
1: I have never counted, uh, sure. uh, So laptop, tablet, a tablet is increasingly becoming my primary device. Uh, I have a phone, I use a TWS, of course, smart televisions at home, security camera at home, air purifier at home. Yeah, whatever. Some seven, eight of them, on a reasonably regular basis. Right.
0: But I see you're not using a smartwatch. Is that a conscious decision, uh, or do you just like the analog? I I, watches? I
1: like I like the the design and feel of an analog watch. Call me old school, But right. Yeah, there's there's something very purist
0: about wearing an analog watch. Right, absolutely. In fact, this is something that I was recently. I got into this debate with a friend on this very topic. If you have to, say, spend a sizeable amount of money on a wrist gear, Uh would you buy like a top of the line flagship, you know, smartwatch Uh or would you go and buy something like a legacy chronograph, which would probably last you generations versus a smartwatch that would last you, say, two years or three years?
1: It's actually an interesting debate that I was having with a friend a few weeks ago, oh, okay. and I was trying to tell him why smartwatches are are really good. But nevertheless, now here yeah, the tables <laughs> are yes. turned. Uh, so here's here's a point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the smartwatches look pretty much the same. Yes, there perhaps is an opportunity to um, to give the design of a smartwatch deeper thinking so that it can reflect mm-hmm. your personality I wear this watch because I think it, it's an extension of my personality Absolutely, right but if everybody is wearing the same kind of smart watch you kind of lose that distinctiveness absolutely which uh, perhaps doesn't float my boat I'd, I'd rather wear something which is, is an extension of who I am right and that's the way I and mean, that's why I prefer analog watches
0: especially the metal ones right yeah. right right <clears throat> no absolutely absolutely So, you know, just coming back to uh, the previous point that we were discussing in terms of interest in innovation and whether innovation is still exciting or has it, has that thing kind of slowed down? I'd go back to the days of, say, the old, say, the Nokia, all the, the N series and all of those legacy phones, the mobile phones which were there. You know, these companies would come up with outlandish designs of phones. Some of the phones would turn, they would flip and they would do all sorts of acrobatics and You know, there was that time when, you know, you'd buy a phone for its design, but the use case kind of remained the same across all phones. You'd just do calls, you'd send SMS, a few basic games, and that's it. Now, on the other hand, we've seen the overall design and form factor of a phone roughly remain the same, you know, with the back module of camera and, you know, bezels have gotten shorter and things have been redesigned a little bit. But most smartphone design has been sort of ubiquitous. It's been kind of... Uniform, but on the other hand, like you mentioned, use cases have grown and evolved so far. Do you think there is a scope for design innovation in smartphones that we're missing, maybe with foldables or I don't know mm-hmm. something else that Xiaomi is working on, mm-hmm. probably?
1: Uh, most, most certainly, Ashwini. Uh, so the form factor of a smartphone uh, should be experimented with. Now I don't know what the right answer is, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know whether fold is the right solution because I can understand why for some people fold is a good use case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe for a large number of others, perhaps it is not. Right. Um, same thing with flip. Uh, flip is nice. I love the vanity in that design. Right. But uh, perhaps utility gets limited at that point of time. Uh, who knows, the smartphone of the future might not even have this traditional form factor of a 6.6, 6.7 inch screen. Right. Uh, which is about 180 uh, grams in, in size and so on and so forth. Maybe it's just going to get fragmented. Some of it will go into your spectacle. Some of it will go into your earphone. Some of it will go into your watch. Right. Um, and so on and so forth. Maybe all of that can change. Right. Right. Uh, so, I, I'm sure it, it, it definitely must be experimented with. But if you take a look at a car. Right. Right. A car, after so many years, is still mm-hmm. four wheels. Right. Uh, a of steering course. wheel and two or four doors. Right and it works. Why is it that way? Because it works. Right, right, and a majority feel absolutely comfortable. Right, but I'm with you on the form factor. Perhaps there is there could be
0: more innovation on the form factor. Absolutely. So, what is Xiaomi up to now? In fact, you because you guys had something called I think the Mi Mix Alpha, mm-hmm. which sort of had that display wrapping around the entire. Mm-hmm. How far are we from having such things? Like because that's like a glass with a. Like the glass is wrapped around the device, and so is the display. Mm-hmm. How far are we from seeing them like commercially?
1: Um, I don't know how far, how close. Uh, a tough call. However, uh, at at Xiaomi, we will continue experimenting uh, mm-hmm. with some with such form factors. For example, I don't know whether you know we had a device called the Mi 11 Ultra, uh, yes. which of course had kick um, optics, but it also had a secondary screen right. at the back. Right. Right. So even if you were to keep your phone upside down here, notifications and calls, etc., you could see on that small secondary display. Right. So that was an innovation and that really got appreciated a lot. Of course, we have the fold and we're only making the fold thinner. Now we have the Mi Mix Fold 3, which makes the fold even thinner as well as the crease even more seamless. Right. Right. We will continue experimenting uh, with said form factors. Honestly, too early to figure if any of them will emerge as the dominant design right but the the attitude to innovate and keep experimenting uh, will always be there and we'll
0: keep uh, trying new stuff out on that right before we kind of like, go towards wrapping up this episode when you kind of you know go to your events some of the sort of headlining events that Xiaomi does some of the main product launches and so on you meet uh, people from a wide range of economic socioeconomic backgrounds and from different professions from different ways of life do you see a common thread in the way this diverse range of people perhaps even your customer base would represent that diversity do you see common threads in the way they approach technology or the way they want technology to work in their life
1: Xiaomi um, given the vast user base that Xiaomi has mm-hmm. right I think we have the privilege of being of, of seeing different cohorts mm-hmm. of customers. Uh, at one extreme, you have uh, the kind of people who might call our biggest critics, mm-hmm. and also our biggest sources of strength: our Xiaomi fans. Mm-hmm. Right now, these are at the cutting edge of technology. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they're technology positive, have an experimentative mindset um and just want to get into stuff figure things out mm-hmm. themselves right um so so that's that's at one extreme and then you will have the slightly and and these are typically younger in terms of right cohort maybe college going first time jobbers and so on and so forth and then you'll have people maybe in their uh, late 20s mm-hmm. and then you'll have people uh, let's say in their 30s family oriented and so on and so forth and we just see people of different kinds right Right. Uh, but the one thing that I think sort of unites uh, all of them in terms of their sentiment is that hey this Xiaomi phone um, has made a difference mm-hmm. to me r- right uh, because I could buy it at an unimaginable price mm-hmm. it's offered me specs that a device maybe you know what which is of of m- few thousands maybe five ten thousand more would have offered and the thing is just so durable Mm -hmm. it works it's durable and it is reliable because these are the two things people expect from a quality perspective right right it has to work as expected it has to work for a reasonably long period of time and today people are continuing to using use their phone for almost three years now right right the ownership life cycle of a phone is only becoming longer because the phone quality is getting better right right i definitely sh- say that for xiaomi but it'll be unfair of me not to credit competition also with Im- improving quality because everybody is improving quality right right as a result of which people are just maintaining their phones for a much longer period of time and i think that gives them a certain joy um and uh, whenever f- if somebody hears that i'm from xiaomi like i said right people say either i have the tv or i have a phone right and this phone has lasted me for so long Right. Uh, or, you know, my parents have this phone, my brother has this phone, my sister has this phone and so on and so on and They talk so positively about it. Right. That's a very, very heartwarming moment, I'd say.
0: Right. Absolutely. Does it pose a business challenge or a concern to you that, you know, people are using their smartphones for three years maybe they'll use their same smartphone for five years at some point of time it's
1: also a question of how we are able to offer a compelling proposition right right? here's the way we would think about it from a product and gtm perspective Mm -hmm. one of course is to have a strong product proposition which needs to be matched with great marketing to get people excited about i know it could be the new camera it could be the new display it could be the new processor it could even be battery and charging Right. Because that's one thing with an old phone. The, there's a problem with battery. Right. Earlier, Absolutely. A phone sold four years ago used to have a, let's say, a 4,000 mAh battery. And after a point of time, it might not last more than a day. Right. And that's just natural battery life degradation. Right. Right. So a bigger battery, fast charging becomes a hook. But right. more importantly, we also think of consumer offers. Right. Which are your upgrades, themes, your exchanges, your buybacks and so on and so forth. And that is what motivates people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to keep upgrading and we keep doing that for various new launches Say if you have an existing Xiaomi device if you trade in you get 1000 rupee additional discount 2000 rupee additional discount and so on and so forth which also motivates people to upcycle and, right. and keep upgrading their devices to newer Xiaomi devices
0: right so does that also kind of imply that more people are using say having more people have a secondary smartphone nowadays in, and instead of just one
1: they could I don't think there is there is any um, research which is being done on it right. But anecdotally You could observe that People A lot of people Carry multiple devices But I don't think I have any data point right. um, To right. quote answer this question. Do you
0: use multiple phones or do you stick to just I, one?
1: I largely use one primary device. Of course, it's got two SIMs, but right. I largely use one primary device. Right. Just, otherwise, life is too complicated. It is, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, one device, one one smartphone, my Xiaomi 13 Pro is more than plenty for me.
0: Oh, fantastic. I think that's the biggest takeaway for us, isn't it? That the person who has Xiaomi still uses one phone. So before we sign off, Muli, just a quick sort of a rapid fire, so to speak, sure. if, if if that's the right way to look at it. Which was your first phone? Uh,
1: It it was an Ericsson. It was like a feature phone, a keypad phone. I don't know, 2001 or something. I don't remember the model number.
0: Right. When you look at your entire, the company that it is today, which device in your own portfolio excites you personally the most? Something that you would go and definitely purchase? Uh, My Xiaomi 13 Pro. Oh, okay. Smartphone photography or DSLRs? Because of my Xiaomi 13 Pro. <laughs> okay.
1: Smartphone.
0: Uh, true wireless earphones or overhead earphones? Uh,
1: true wireless, just because it's a lot more portable, especially given the amount of travel that I do. Yeah,
0: Right. Absolutely. And uh, finally, uh, the final question being, would you trade compact dimensions and uh, compact ergonomics for performance? Or rather, let me put it the other way. Would you go for a phone that's large, mm-hmm. Or would you prefer a phone that's maybe five, five and a half inches, but... Performs it depend, depends
1: on what you call large, um, like 6.6, 6.7 6. Um, right. is still okay for a single hand use. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't consider that large. Um, I think, honestly, uh, because of the amount of content that we consume on a on a smartphone today, uh, mm-hmm. be it video message, Excel sheets, emails, etc., uh, etc., cetera, et cetera, it's just so much more better to have like a 6.6, 6.7 6. inch screen. Mm-hmm. Um, compact, I get the allure of a compact device, but not for me. I'd, I'd much rather... Um, have a proper device where I can uh, get everything done including work Um, and hence yeah, a regular size 6.6 6.7 inch device
0: is what works for me fantastic and just the final question to that which we've decided to ask everyone is are you also into doom scrolling at night when nobody's looking at you
1: uh, no I, I try and go easy on it it'll be wrong on my part to say that I never do it right. but as whenever I get conscious I'll put it down and try and hit the bed as soon as possible yeah
0: fantastic uh, Muli, thank you so much for doing this it's been lovely to have you over for our podcast and uh, yes thank you thank you for taking time out to do this
1: thanks Shavik uh, truly um, interesting bunch of questions some of them made me really think deep and dig deep into my reserves to give you uh, like a good answer Uh but yeah, I had a great time doing this uh, Thanks and best wishes for the
0: show Thank you, thank you so much So that's that for this episode We really hope that you enjoyed what we discussed And if you have suggestions in terms of what more we can cover As part of our podcast, do let us know You can catch me at Distant Vicinity on Twitter And at Shovik Das on Instagram Thank you so much, see you next time